Ready to dominate at the plate? Blast Baseball is trusted by more major league and college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 at checkout to save $25. All right, everybody. Let's get right into it. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. we got a great show today. It's a show that I've absolutely been looking forward to. We've got Coach Harmon Sadu with us. He is the head baseball coach at Los Madonnas College in California. Hey, Coach, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Alan. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Why don't you kind of kick things off for us and uh, just give us a general introduction of yourself, a little bit about your playing career, and, and really how did you transition into coaching? Yeah, um, thanks for having me. First off, I appreciate everything you do. Um, you know, I started off um, growing up in the Bay Area um, and the East Bay in the Martinez Martinez area. Um, you know, parents put me in Little League. I played that up until, you know, high school, played in high school um, at College Park High School out in Pleasant Hill um, after my uh, high school career. Um, you know, didn't really get the look that I wanted, um, so I decided to go to junior college. Um, I went to Diablo Valley College, and after a couple years, um, I got a, offered a scholarship to go to Oregon State. <clears throat> went to Oregon State, um, had a great time there, great experience, you know, played for a great coach, And uh, but unfortunately, you know, things didn't really work out as, as much as I wanted to work out uh, from a fit standpoint, and... Uh, Back then, there was no transfer portal like it is now. So, you know, you had to bounce back to D2 in order to play right away. Otherwise, you had to sit out a year. So I went to Sonoma State. Um, had a pretty good career there. Um, you know, after my senior year, uh, I got D2 player of the year. I got drafted. Um, played in Tampa Bay organization for, for a couple years. And, uh, you know, messed up my shoulder pretty bad. So kind of had to hang him up. And then uh, took some time off to reset and uh you know i always wanted to get into coaching um so you know i got offered uh to coach at holy names university and also get my master's so i thought it was a good good deal so went to holy names uh coached there for a year got my master's um exercise science biomechanics so then after that um i got offered to coach at uh university of california berkeley and um, when I got there, I was the uh, pitching coach, the volunteer assistant pitching coach, and then transitioned to the player development role after a couple of years. And then um, after that, I wanted to, you know, utilize my master's and I wanted to teach the four-year level. You can't, I mean, you can't really teach. So um, I decided to go back to, you know, my alma mater, Diablo Valley College. Um, I got offered a job there to teach and coach. So I was there for two years. And then um, this past year, this head coach position opened up at Los McDonald's College. Um, it's also a, a college in our school district. So I thought it was going to be a good transition and also the next step in my career. So, you know, able to teach and head coach. And you know, now I'm here. So I'm excited. Man, what an awesome introduction. What a great career, both playing and coaching as well. A lot to talk about today. And uh, 
Hey, man, one of the things that really kind of popped out to me while you were talking was returning to your alma mater as a coach, you know, kind of want to talk a little about that and certainly holy names as well. And and kind of what I'm thinking about is, man, you were a big time player. And I mean, you really had a standout career. How did that transition go from really from being really a, a hey, D2 player of the year, big time player moving back to coaching or moving into coaching? Um, it was definitely a transition, right? Um, your first, my first year coaching um, at Holy Names was is, is definitely a learning experience. Um, you know, being fresh out of out of playing, you know, professional baseball, you you have a different kind of mindset, but you're coaching different type of players. So, you know, you have expectations, but you have to understand that you know everybody's wired differently. Um, everybody's goals and expectations are, are, are different than in you as a player. So really, you know, learning each individual was my first kind of, you know, lesson when it came to coaching. You have to, you really have to learn that, like, what motivates each player, what gets them going, what, what pisses them off, you know, things like that. And that, that's kind of, kind of my learning curve, in, I guess, in the beginning of my coaching career. Uh, because for me, you know, I was just, you know, put my head down, work hard. And, you know, I didn't care what, you know, what people said, I'm just going to, you know, outwork you. So it, everybody has a different tick. So, um, you know, that was a big time learning experience for me when I was there. And, uh, it, it helped a lot, um, for me in my college or my coaching, you know, kind of my beginning of my coaching career. And then, yeah, obviously, you know, coaching at my alma mater was, was awesome. I had great memories. At a uh, Dabble Valley College growing up, you know, that's uh, I played for head coach at Cal Berkeley. He was head coach at Dabble Valley College when I was there. Um, and, you know, the memories that I had were, were awesome. You know, I'm going to my friend's weddings now that, you know, my teammates from from Dabble Valley College and, you know, sharing those experiences with the guys when I was there, um, kind of, you know, building those relationships with them and kind of making an emphasis that, you know, at this level, it's it's special and you know the kind of kind of last chance you they kind of call it kind of thing and it, it's it's you grind with your guys and, and your boys and and you know the weight room the field and you know it's it, it takes a lot of work in order to you know get out of this level but it's a great level to develop and 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 get to the next level so it was um it was great it was great and seeing some familiar faces over there um, it's always special to go back to the place where uh, and give back kind of to the place where you kind of grew up. Hey, that's cool. That's really good stuff right there. I, one thing I picked up on immediately was, Hey, one of your, your biggest obstacles to get your head out of the grindstone, so to speak, was to learn the individual players and really kind of what makes them tick. How, how did you go about doing that? Or, or is, is there like a proven method, to find out about each guy or is each guy truly unique and, and each one just, it takes on its own life. Yeah. I think it's um, just learning each person on an individual level and just kind of, um, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds. I was lucky enough to come from a kind of a unique background where no one was kind of similar to me growing up when it came, when it came to baseball um, you know, my parents immigrated here from India and, you know, playing baseball I was the only Indian kid on the field all the time. <laughs> so and even now when I'm coaching, I'm the only one. So as a kid, no one really understood my family dynamics and no one really understood the culture and things like that. And um, 
So I know growing up, like when coaches would talk to me and talk to my parents, they had to learn about like kind of it was a unique situation that they had to learn about me. And I kind of took that as I got older and I was like, okay, every kid, every kid comes from a different background and I don't know what's going on at home. I don't know what's happening over here at school or, you know, relationships. So I really, really have to learn like, okay, what is this kid doing off the field? Um, what is he doing in the classroom? What is he doing on the field? Like, having a little bit of insight on all of those aspects of their lives, then I think once you learn that stuff, you will really, really be able to coach that person individually. Because if you just focus on the on-field stuff, um, it's tough because, you know, you could be pushing somebody, but they be they could be having, you know, some problems or, you know, going through some stuff off the field that could, could affect them on the field. And obviously we don't want that to happen. But, you know, these are some guys that are, you know, 18, 19 years old, they're not, you know, they're still going through that, you know, mature uh, maturation process. And, you know, it takes time. And, and I think that's the number one thing when it comes to, you know, learning about your players and how to motivate them is getting down to like, you know, it gets deeper than just the field stuff. Okay, good stuff. Thank you for walking through that. And let's talk about some of the your coaching success, really, at Dabo Valley uh, College. I got to tell you, when you showed up, I don't think they had been as a coach. I think they may have been struggling for quite a few years and uh, you really turned it around, reached the playoffs, had tons of success. What were some of the strategies that you really kind of applied to, to have that type of success? Um, yeah. I mean, like my, my main thing is, is all about player development. Um, I understand I was one of these student athletes at one point I walked the path that they're trying to walk. And I remember what worked for me and what didn't work for me. Now, I'm not saying like everything that worked for me was is going to work for my players, but I try to show them a proven path. And what I try to do is try to show them that hey, you need to work hard. First of all, it's work ethic. We're at the junior college level. You guys want to go to the D1 level. You're already at a disadvantage if you think about it that way cuz they're they're where you want to be. So if they're waking up, you know, 6 a.m. weights, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, you know, practicing every day almost five five to six days a week. If you're not putting that similar type of, you know, that work in, you're going to be you're you're behind. So I think a lot of it was, you know, the work ethic and then the structure and then just making sure they have a plan. So a lot of the things that I try to implement is a lot of the things that I learned playing at the Division One level, Division Two level, coaching at the Division One level, Division Two level, and then some of the pro ball stuff that you know, um, the day to day grind, the mental side. And just making sure it's a consistent process. It's consistent. As long as you can be consistent and, you know, implement your absolutes in the program, I think, uh, and, and just the culture. I think our, 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 our pitching staff was, you know, they, they grinded. And they knew that, um, I mean, my main thing is the pitcher is the most important player on the field at all times. And um, the reason I say that is because they have the ball in their hands every single time. So they get to determine what happens for the most part. Um, so I make that a point of emphasis when they first come in is if you're not, if you're not, you know, down with that, if you call it, if you're not responsible or not responsible, you're not accountability, right? It's, I call it blame or fame. If you're not down with the blame, then if you're not down with the fame. You can't, you can't, you can't pick and choose. You have to, you have to, you have to be able to be accepted, accepting of both. So as a pitcher, if you accept both of them, you'll be able to pitch in, in my program and, and just grind. And I think a lot of that had to do with my guys and they trusted me and I trusted them and, and we had success. And um, no, it was, it was a good year. 
it was a good, it was a good, good year. Yeah, absolutely. Coach Sadu, man, you have got such an impressive background, such a great career. I'm thinking as a, uh, as a, as a college prospect, have an opportunity to really work with someone who's had college success, who's been drafted, who's had academic success, has teaching success, and now has, has learned invaluable lessons on the coaching field as well. Man, you got a great, you just got a great, um, well-rounded uh, coaching style. I mean, I think it's really, really cool. I love the way that you have really kind of grasped uh, the, the individuals and what makes up individuals. And you talked about the maturation process and, and man, you really put it into great perspective. You know, it's the fame or blame. And I, and that's all part of growing up. And I think that uh, you're dealing with the right age when you're starting to talk about 18, 19 years old and, and developing and so forth. I can only imagine those guys kind of looking at you saying, not only were you where I am today, but ultimately you've gotten to where I wanted to be. And that was certainly at the major league level and uh, kind of speaking of the major league level, you know, I'd like to maybe kind of dive into just a little bit about your time at university of California, uh, Berkeley. I mean, that was where you probably had the first opportunities to help develop guys that were drafted. And I'm thinking about your own perspective already having been drafted and played, you know, what, what were, what, what do you think you were able to do to really kind of help to contribute to their development? And then one thing I'm also kind of interested in, what, what kind of set those guys apart just a little bit? There's so many guys that have talent, but not everybody's drafted and not everybody has the opportunity to play. So maybe kind of talk about both those if you can. Yeah, no, um, I appreciate all the kind words as well. Um, at, at UC Berkeley, um, you know, when I got there, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, coaching uh different type of talent right i mean like from holy names from berkeley it's a different type of talent different type of kid the the these kids are um you know they're 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 in a power five already so they obviously have some some skills that you know that you don't really have to teach uh when it comes to you know whether it's you know size or you know, strength or, you know, velocity, things like that. Like these guys kind of have that from that standpoint and the player development from their standpoint for them, it's more of a just enhancing their abilities, um, you know, making sure that they're not satisfied with just being at Berkeley. You know, if your goal is to get drafted, all right, we have to, you know, look at key things in order to get drafted. Yes, the numbers help. But my, my thing is like, how are you different than everybody else? That that's kind of the way I looked at it when I was there. So you know, we have a pitcher. Um, he's a lower spin guy from a, from a you know, pitching standpoint. He's trying to increase his spin, and I'm like, dude, don't don't try to increase your spin. Stay low because that will make you unique. If you try to chase spin, you're just gonna get into that little area where you're average. So it's just like be a low spin guy. Really, really, you know, embrace that and use that to your advantage. So you know what that means is. You know, we don't elevate as much because we're a low spin guy. We're more of a sinker guy, you know, sinker slider guy. Um, just making sure we're tunneling all of our pitches correctly in that same, you know, same slot. Um, making sure, you know, whatever we throw, it, 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 it's to our advantage. So that's an example. And then on the opposite spectrum, we have a high spin guy learning how to pitch from, from his standpoint. You know, more elevation, making sure the, you know, the breaking ball comes from that high spin. High, high spot and then dropping down. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, too, at this level, we were trying to, you know, when it comes to pitch design, 
we have to differentiate, you know, break profiles. So some guys, I remember I came in, you know, their their their, their curveball and their their sliders were very similar break profiles. Um, so then we had to, you know, you know, differentiate it. We don't want to throw, uh, you know, the same pitch, calling it two different names. So you know, what whatever it was, whether we needed to increase velo on one, decrease break on one, increase, you know, whether it's vertical or horizontal break on the other. Um, we really focused in on that. And then, um, you know, we used Edgetronic, TrackMan, Rapsodo, all those things. So um, that was kind of like the, the, the way, I think, or the philosophy that I had when it came to getting these guys, you know, try to get them drafted was doing whatever I can to enhance their abilities and make them a little bit unique. So then when scouts look at them, they're like, you know, some sort of number pops off differently than, you know, what the average is. So um, I think that's um, the main the main philosophy that I had when I was there. Hey, everyone that's able to join us today, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the support for Now D1 Speaks, and thank you for the support of Coach Harmon Sadu as well. Uh, if this is a type of conversation that you enjoy and you'd like to be part of this environment, please reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at now underscore D1. Send me a DM, whether you're a coach or a prospect. I'm sure that we'll be able to work out a schedule, and uh, we'd love to have you on the show. Hey, Coach Sadu, you've talked a little bit about your playing career, and it's been an impressive playing career, and specifically on the college level, from Dabo Valley to Oregon State to uh, certainly Sonoma State. I mean, you had success at, at all levels. Those are three different levels. What were some of the, some of the experiences that you had, maybe at each or just collectively, that, that really started influencing your coaching style as it is today? Yeah, I mean, when I got to Diablo Valley College, um, I had success in high school. Um, so for me at Diablo Valley College, it was more of just like trying to find out um, what I needed to do in order to get to the D1 level. So for me, I tried to just really look into the mirror and be like, all right, what do I need to do? Um, I put up the numbers already, um, but I don't throw hard enough. I'm not, you know, strong enough. I mean, I'm a shorter guy. I'm maybe barely even pushing six feet. So from a pitching standpoint, you know, not many coaches, they they, they look at me as an undersized guy. So, okay, what do I got to do differently? So, you know, I got bigger, I got faster, I got stronger, you know, I started throwing harder. Um, and the things that I learned at, you know, Dabble Valley College, it was, it was very, you know, you know, Coach knew when he was there, he was very, you know, on the competitive side, um, barely teaching the mental game. And, you know, it, it really helped me become more com uh, competitor. Um, so then, you know, once I got offered by Oregon State, you know, once I got there, you know, that's a different level. Now I'm playing under Pat Casey. And, you know, the things I learned at, from Pat Casey is kind of a lot, a, lot, a lot of the stuff that I coach now, you know, the intensity that he had at practice was another level man like it was you know it, it was tough and um and I learned that you know from him he made he made practice harder than the games and um but then it made the games easier so you know I whether it's my throwing program whether it's practice where we take BP things like that you know I really tried to you know replicate that and from an intense standpoint obviously we don't do exactly everything um that they do or what they did. However, um, you know, it was, it's, it's, it was intense. And just to like give you examples of that, you know, we're always, you know, we only take limited reps in a game. 
Uh, you know, every hitter gets, what, three or four at-bats, and that's probably, you know, let's just say average two swings. And at bat, I mean, that's eight, 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 eight swings a total game. If we're not taking that type of, you know, focus and practice, you know, I'm not going to give you a million swings to swing. We got to lock in on quality over quantity. So I try to make a game like things like that. So um, things I learned at Oregon State was very valuable, especially in my coaching, in my coaching career now. And so then I went to Sonoma State. It was, it was a little different than that, different level. And I think at that point in my career, it was a good fit. And I was able to blossom a little bit more and kind of be the player who, uh, you know, who I, who I really wanted to be. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot from the last two stops. And once I got to Sonoma, I kind of just like, just laid it all on the line. And, you know, I really, really honed in on, you know, what do I need to do to not only help my team win, but like, you know, get drafted and whether that, you know, enhance my, breaking ball or my slider or my velo. Um, I really talked to scouts and, you know, they, they would tell me things and, you know, I would, I would, I would use that as motivation. I never, you know, I never took it as a, as a negative thing. I always looked at it as what do I need to do to get better? So as long as I kept on doing that and I kept on seeing progress, um, you know, it helped me get drafted. So I, I try to I try to implement that with my guys. You know, I always tell them like, no one's going to feel sorry for you. It doesn't matter in life, and so it's just how you deal with adversity. You know, you're 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 in charge of the attitude and the energy that you bring every single day. So you know, let's let's see how you how you act every single day when you come to the field. Man, Coach Sadu, you're doing a fantastic job today. Thank you so much, man. You're actually reading my mind. I was sitting here thinking as you were kind of walking through the practice, and I love that with Coach Raleigh. You were you were talking specifically about the intensity. And immediately I made a note to myself, give me an example. And then you started kind of <laughs> leading, going down that road. And, and it was a great example. Uh, but could you maybe take it just one step further? Because I think the way you, you phrased it was, and specifically you were obviously talking about the at-bats, and maybe you get eight swings, maybe, if you're lucky during the game, right? And uh, I think you kind of made the point that you've tried to make a game out of it. Kind of give us a little bit more of an insight as to what that looks like. And, and the reason I'm asking that, again, our core audience is really uncommitted high school prospects. And they're, they're kind of saying, what, what does it look like if I have the opportunity to get to the next level? So maybe kind of describe maybe just one of the games. Well, I mean, like, so no matter what, you cannot replicate a game-like situation, right? You can't it's bottom of the nine, three, two count, whatever. You can't replicate that. That's something you have to go through as a player. But as a coach, we can try to, you know, simulate that somewhat. So what I like to do with my guys is that I try to make practices harder than the game. And, you know, whether that's bullpens, whether that's hitting, you know, I can give you examples of, you know, a throwing program, you know, over 80% of our, our throws throughout the week are in the outfield when we're playing catch. If, if, if we don't lock in right there and focus on trying to hit our partners in the chest every single time, and you know, we have different kind of emphasis each week, but that's the one of my absolutes is like it's a game. You try to see how many times you can hit your partner in the chest, and they see how many times they can hit you in the chest, and whoever wins, wins. They put a little bet on there or whatever it is. But if you can make that really, really tough – the bullpens are going to be easy. The games are going to, I mean, not going to be easy, but you're going to just be more locked in because you've done it before. Um, so that's a little example. And then when we throw bullpens, you know, we have command pens where, 
you know, we throw 20 pitches and you can't move on to the next pitch unless you, you know, execute your pitch. So you could be <laughs> stuck on, you can be stuck on fastball for 10 pitches, 15 pitches. You might not even reach your breaking ball that day. And you can kind of see how players get upset and, you know, they get pissed off and, but, but it, but it's good because, you know, it, it helps them lock in. So, you know, that's one example. Sometimes we'll play horse against each other. Some, some of the players call out each other and, you know, they throw a pitch. They are a fastball in. All right, you got to do fastball in. <laughs> and, you know, they're talking smack a little bit, but that's good. It's good for them. And, you know, it's a good, tries to make it a little bit game like. And we have standing batters and, you know, we, we simulate runners on base, the coach, coach, uh, coach, uh, catchers giving signs. Um, I have the hitters always stand in and I always have them, you know, call out what pitch it was and where it crossed the plate when they're hitting and when they're doing their takes and all that stuff. So, um, those are the type of ways we do it from a pitching standpoint. And then obviously in the hitting standpoint, um, we really, everything we play and BP, I mean, our BP is, I don't really, I guess, like to call it BP because we're doing everything in there. There's live base running, there's live defense and there's live swings. So, you know, each day we have a different base runner. So, I mean, you know, some days we'll be on first, some days we'll be on second, some days we'll be on third. And then, you know, We'll split up the you know rounds where you know half the reps at base running is is with zero outs and half the reps are with one out. Base runners have to learn how to run the bases with certain outs, and we don't put coaches out there when they run bases because the best coach is your eyes. So, if if a player has to look at a coach whether to go or not, they're going to be a split second late. So if you already know off the bat, like okay that ball's down, that ball's in the gap, I know where my defense is playing, I'm able to score. So and that 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 helps the base runners, but then also the hitters know exactly where the the hit the, the base runners are at on the bases, so they know they don't have to ask me what's the what, what what's the emphasis today hitting. Okay, the runners on second base, zero outs, move them over. You know, okay, now we're at one out round. All right, drive them in. You know, so and then the defense when we're playing live, they got to hit their cuts, they got to throw it to the right base, they got to do all that stuff. So it's kind of like a game within a practice kind of, it's just a different way of doing it. So um, I learned a lot of that stuff in my playing career and coaching career. And I think we're, you know, we're having success and it's intense. The guys get tired, but if you could, if you could, you know, practice tired and make the right throws, then, you know, in the game, you'll be able to focus easily. Absolutely. And, and you know, another thing that I picked up on obviously is, you know, you being drafted at a Sonoma state D two. And I think that really kind of leads right into our next discussion, which is recruiting. And, and, you know, so many times you hear about the D1 or bust, but that doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be the path. And I think you're a perfect example of the path that you took to the major leagues. And that was not D1 or bust. Talk to us about your current role now with Los Madonna. How can a player, a prospect, how can a prospect get on your radar today? Today, I mean, like, I like to look at how people practice. I'm a big practice guy. So, I like to go to teams' practices and watch them, you know, see how they go in their everyday life, I guess, and everyday practice routine. And, you know, are they the type of player where are they just working hard? Are they just, you know, flipping the switch when it comes to a game? Or are they actually, you know, practicing hard and they're getting after it? That's that's kind of one of my absolutes is guys that practice hard are guys that I would love to have in my program because at the level that I'm at, it's about development. I'm a, I'm a true believer in that. And, and if they practice hard and they work hard, then they can develop because, you know, I have full belief in, you know, me and my coaching staff and 
were able to, you know, give kind of, I guess, the recipe in order to have success. And then, you know, if you work hard at it and, you you know, you kind of follow it, um, you'll have success and you'll be able to move on. So, you know, work ethic and, you know, the way you practice is, is, is very, 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 very important for me. Um, obviously, you know, putting up numbers in high school and, you know, having that savvy on, you know, when you're playing baseball, whether it's, you know, you know taking the extra base, um, a big thing for us, is we call it hustle doubles, right? Um, when you get a, when you hit a single, we turn into a double. That's huge for me because from a scout's perspective, I mean, that's an extra base hit as your slugging percentage goes up. You know, the scouts don't know whether or not you hit that off the wall or you're the blue pit, you <laughs> know? So it's just like those little things is important for me and how – how you take the extra base, you know, ball and dirt reads, uh, pitchers, how they, you know, react when, you know, things don't go well. I like when pitchers, you know, face a little adversity. Are they going to fold or are they going to face it straight on? So it's like I, I try to watch them, you know, in practice, but I also, if I'm not able to make practice, I, I go to their games and I just I hope that, you know, they're in situations where I'm like I can learn more about them as a player. Um, but, you know, I think it's a lot of just – doing the little things and, you know, just being different from your teammates. If you're similar to your teammates, it's hard to stand out, right? So you have to grind harder than them. You have to take the extra base. You have to, you know, a little bit fire, a little bit of emotions. I like that, you know. You know, it's hard to not play. It's hard to play a game without any emotions. So showing a little bit of flair, it's like I'm all about that. I'm all about the individual um, within a team because we call, like I said before, we all come from different backgrounds. So it's like I like seeing that, not 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 being robotic and stuff, but, um, yeah, just, just really, you know, hustling and, and, and playing the game hard is, is what I look for. Yeah. That makes all the sense in the world to get on your radar. And then let me kind of ask you when you have the opportunity to somebody is on your radar and now you've had the opportunity maybe to, uh, to talk to the prospect and start getting to know him, get a little bit more in depth in recruiting. Are, are there any certain qualities in the, in a prospect that maybe stands out to you and, and that, that you could foresee that person maybe not only being successful on the field, but off the field as well. And, 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 you know, obviously I bring up off the field because, Hey man, you can have all the stats, you can have all the grinding, you can have all the, the, the measurables that you need. But, man, if you can't stay on the field and actually play and contribute, it, it, that person is really not going to do a lot for you. And so yet somewhere in there, I've got to believe you're kind of looking at people and, and, and you got to find that fine line where, you know, you're going to be athletic, but you're also going to be the kind of person that you want off the field as well. How, how do you pick up on those little pieces? Well, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, when I talk to, you know, potential, you know, prospects, I want to learn more about them. So like, I want to know what their goals are, what their expectations are, what their, what they're, you know, what they're looking for out of a program. You know, it's funny because some, 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 some kids right away, they're like, Hey, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. You know, I want to move on to the next level. You know, I just want to go to a place where I can play, you know, it's like, okay, but how are you going to do that? You know, like you can just, everybody wants to play at the next level, but what do you think takes to get to the next level? Just by going to school doesn't mean you're going to make it to the next level. You know, there's, there's things in the program where you have to look for in order to make it to the next level. Are they, what's their weight training program? Do you need to get bigger, faster, stronger? All right. That should be, that should be one of your, you know, expectations or out of a program is what's their strength training program like? okay, I need to throw harder or whatever it is. Okay, like, what do they do to do that? 
okay, I need to fix my, you know, enhance or my swing and get it better. Okay, what do I, what does that program do to do that? Like, how do they do that? So when I talk to prospects, when, you know, when some of them, they'll, they'll, they'll answer the questions pretty well and they'll give me their expectations and their goals. And, you know, some prospects, they just kind of want to, you want to go to place to play, which is fine. But I think when the players understand, um, what they, I think it's just becoming also understanding the reality too, because, you know, you don't want to be as a prospect, you don't want to be delusional. You don't want to be like, you know, Hey, I did whatever it takes and I'm not there. No, just like look in the mirror and be like, okay, what do I really need to work on in order to get noticed? So if that's getting fat, bigger and stronger, okay, then that, that should be your goal. If that needs, if you need to throw harder or, you know, get a better swing and, you know, get a little bit more juice, Hey, that's what we need to work on. So I think the moment the players understand what they need to work on is when success happens. So when I talk to recruits, when they have a, I guess a little bit more of a mature mindset of like, okay, yeah, I know that why I'm not getting recruited from a top school, whatever it's because I can't do X, Y, Z. So I really need to learn how to do X, Y, Z. When they talk to me like that, I'm like, okay, this guy gets it. So like, I know that like whatever I tell him to do and whatever we, you know, schedule a program, whatever, He's going to do it because he understands that, like, in order for him to, you know, let's just say get out, he has to do this, you know. And whether it's academics, too, you know, some of these kids, some of these kids, maybe they're academically, they're not where they want to be. And so then, you know, we really lock in on what, what lock in on what classes to take in order for them to be successful and put them in study hall. If they need study hall, help them out with tutors. Um, we, have, we do a great job at Los Madanos. We have, you know, a great academic support center. Um, and, you know, every single day we have some people on campus helping, you know, students out when they need, need help when it comes to, you know, writing papers or you know, homework. And we got, we, got, we got tutors over there that, that can help you. So um, depending on what the player's goals are is, you know, very important. And we try to, you know, program um, their schedule accordingly because, you know, it's not a cookie cutter way. Everybody has different type of, you know, deficiencies and then, that they need to work on. So we try to, you know, from a player development standpoint, we try to really, really hone in on that and focus on that for each individual. Man, that's great insight. Thank you so much for walking through that. And, I, and thank you for bringing up academics as well. You know, I'm thinking about you personally. You've had tremendous athletic success, but you've had a fantastic academic success as well. Not only exercise science degree, but you went on and got your master's degree, your teaching and I think you even said you're even teaching today as well. I don't know if that's something you want to continue to do for the rest of your life, but, but Hey, you had the opportunity to be doing it kind of talk to us just a little bit. And then I love that you brought up it, you know, currently, I mean, you've got tutors, you know, and, and so forth to help student athletes, but just kind of give us a sense of what is the day to day like for a student athlete? You know, I mean, it, it's hard enough just to be a, a student, on your own. That, that's a full-time job. But when you're also a baseball player, in essence, you have two jobs. How, how, do, how do these guys really balance academics and athletics? <clears throat> I mean, it's, it starts at a young age, I think. it's you know, you know, my, my parents did a great job. I was blessed enough to, you know, they, they made an emphasis on, you know, school was more important than baseball. So no matter what, you know, so I try to put that emphasis on, on my guys too. It's like, you know, the, one of the worst phone calls I can get is when a, you know, a top school or, you know, somebody calls me and says like, Hey, we like, you know, we like this player. What's his grades like? And I say, Oh, they're not very good. It's like one of the worst things you can, it's like one of the worst feelings. Um, 
to have. So like, I try to make that a point of emphasis to my guys. I'm just like, Hey, like we, we can't allow academics to be in the way of why we can't go to where we want to go to or why we can't achieve our goals. So, you know, the way we try to, um, really, you know, attack that is that, you know, we do progress sports a couple times a year or a couple times a semester. You know, if, if you're not where you, where you should, if you're not at where you, you should be at, um, you know, you have to go to study hall and we implement study hall twice a week. Um, and that's happened at the academic support center. Um, I make sure that, you know, I'm always checking in on all the players about their grades academically. Um, I also try to find out what schools you want to go to. Okay. This school requires you to take these classes. Um, I think being a teacher too on campus kind of helps because I understand what classes they need in order to transfer. So, academically, you know, I make sure like, hey, you got to take, you know, an English and math, a science with a lab. We're making sure that we're not taking labs in season because it's, it's too busy. We're taking our labs out of season. Um, I, I try to put them in summer classes and winter classes as well, whether it's just one class, just so it takes a load off of them in the fall or the spring. So I try strategically try to spread out the classes and make sure the classes that they do take are not in prime time season if it's like a lab or a super hard English class. I try to find out from a student athlete's perspective too, what are they good at? Are they good? Are they more of a math guy? Are they more of an English guy? Are they a science guy? So understanding that too, you know, putting them in these classes at different times of the year, that I think that helps a lot too. Um, but just making a point of emphasis that it's not just all about baseball. We're all going to stop playing baseball at one point in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to get a degree. It's I've, I've played with some guys where, you know, they, it's tough to go back to school once you get older and it's, it's fine. I mean, you know, they're still having success, but you know, sometimes, you know, when you're trying to get that job, you you just, it's hard to get it because they require you to have, you know, a degree and that, you know, they require you to have a certificate in this or whatever it is. And I I try to make it um, really important to my guys that don't let, you know, that holds you back from achieving your goals. So I think they, they understand that. And um, I try to stay on top of them, obviously. So it, it's, I think we're having success this year with that. Hey, again, everyone that's joining us, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate the support of Now D1 Speaks podcast as well. And and uh, if, uh, if this is something that you're interested in, again, please go out and find us. We're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, you name it. This podcast is available everywhere. And if you do, like it, subscribe, and I would certainly appreciate a five-star rating as well. So, Coach Sadu, let's talk about, you know, your current situation with Los Madonos right now. I mean, what what's kind of the expectation coming into the spring? And then just looking forward, where do you see your program heading? Um, well, I mean, we're, we're expecting to have a good, good year. You know, I have a good group of guys. Um, for me, uh, culture is a huge thing. Uh, I think our team culture is, it's awesome, you know, and I think the guys all, you know, grind together to have each other's backs. And a lot of that has to do with, um, I think the way we structure our program and, you know, from strength and conditioning our strength and conditioning guy, He's awesome, Coach Jay. They call him the Beast Maker. I mean, the dude just—he—he—he's—he—he's he, he's a, he, a monster in the weight room, and he gets these guys right. So you know, there's no messing around in the weight room when it comes to Coach Jay. So you know, it starts with him when it comes to that. 
And, um, you know, if you could survive him, you could survive a lot of things in life. So he, he, he gets that. It's not super crazy, but like he, he makes you work hard. So and that's a lot of what um, our guys need at this level is, you know, discipline, accountability, bigger, faster, stronger, things like that. And, and Coach Jay does a, a, does a great job when it comes to that. So um, as the season about the approach, I think uh, I think just, you know, we need guys to step up. Obviously, it's their turn to step up. And they know that, and but that's that that's you got to embrace that, you know. When you, if you really want to play at the next level, you know you got to embrace those big moments. So I'm I'm expecting some big time performances from, you know, some of our sophomores who, uh, you know, it's their time to shine kind of thing. So I'm expecting a good season from them, and I'm expecting from a pitching staff as well. Um, and I think I think we're going to be fine. I mean, obviously, you don't know until the season starts, and we want everybody to be healthy and stuff. But um, from the looks of it, you know, we're we're excited for the season to to begin. And you know, it's this is that one month that kind of worries me. It's that winter break. It's it's gets a little stressful um, because you know, as you know, junior college the games start you know in you know mid January, January twenty sixth around there, and you know we have to be ready to go. So this one month right here is, is, is super important. It can make or break you. So um, I'm excited, but I think, you know, our guys, we have a great group of guys, great, and they all have each other's backs. And, you know, the thing about our, our team is it's super diverse and they come, we all come from different backgrounds. And, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome because these guys learn a lot. One of my main things in my program is I like, I want everybody to learn where everybody come, comes from because we all come from different backgrounds. And, you know, later in life, you, you, these are connections you're always going to have. I mean, we got guys from the Netherlands, France, Japan, Australia. I mean, some of these kids are already, you know, planning trips to go see them in the off season, which is pretty cool. Um, and just learning about each other. And I think that's what makes our team chemistry, you know, really well. And um, I encourage it a lot. You know, I, I really do. The more you can know your teammate, the, the, know, the more you will have success. So, uh, I'm expecting big things and, you know, hopefully, you know, they pan out. So, well, coach to do, I got to tell you, man, this has been an awesome, awesome time. I cannot thank you enough for being on here. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I'm excited for you and I'm excited for your program as well. And, and I can genuinely say this as a father that that's had a son go through yeah, the recruiting prospect, play college baseball, there's not a doubt in my mind if my son had an opportunity to meet with you and talk to you and I found out what I'm finding out about you, I would not hesitate for one second to have him play under you. I got to tell you, man, you're just well-rounded. You're smart. You got a great outlook. You, 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 you put things in perspective. You, you're, not, um, you're not putting it out there as pie in the sky. You're being very, very realistic. You've done it yourself. Man, I tell you, you Anybody would be very, very happy to have an opportunity to be associated with you. And I can't thank you enough for being on here this evening. And uh, I think it was just a great time. Uh, very well spent. I hope you've gotten something out of it as well. No, for sure, Alan. You do a great job. And I appreciate, you know, all the kind words. It means a lot, you know. And I think what you're doing for the community is, is super important because, you know, I feel like a lot of student athletes have a lot of questions and, you know, a lot of parents have questions too, because it, it's something new for them. And I think what you're doing is, is awesome. And it, it's a great platform for, you know, these, you know, prospects to really, you know, learn from you and from like, the guests and stuff like that on how to, you know, approach the recruiting process. And I, and I want to thank you for doing that. 
Hey, well, thank you for those kind words. And I agree with you. I do think it's a great platform as well. So thank you. Uh, I would like to end with one last question. And it's a question that I, I ask just about everybody because I think it just makes a tons, tons of sense. And, and specifically what, I, what I'm thinking about is really freshman prospects that are in high school. And, uh, and it's kind of geared toward the parents as well. And, and if you had an opportunity to really kind of talk to young guys, freshmen, high school, that, that are good at baseball, I mean, they want to be good at baseball really just for as long as they can. What are some things they could be doing today to really put them in a, in a position to be successful? I think spending more time in the development standpoint, um, you know, playing games year-round, it could, it, it could help, but also it could hurt. You know, you're playing in the spring, you're playing in the summer, you're playing in the fall. That's a lot of games. I mean, when I grew up, you know, my I didn't really play travel ball or club ball until my junior senior year. I'm not saying that like hurt or helped me, but like my dad put me in other sports, um, and it wasn't even leagues. I mean, my dad would take me to tennis courts to go play tennis. You know, my dad would go play basketball at night. My dad worked all day, so like the only places we could go is places that have lights. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then that was either basketball courts or tennis courts. Whether <laughs> whether he played tennis or not, we still played. You know, because it was the only <laughs> thing available at night. So what that did was that made me more athletic. That made me, you know, I think more coachable because when a coach tells me to go do something from a mechanic standpoint, I was able to just pick it up right away because I think my athleticism that my, my father helped me with, it's uh, helped a lot. So if I'm a freshman, like, I am trying to, one, become athletic, more athletic as much as I can, get into other sports. Don't just hone in on baseball year-round because, one, you'll get burnt out, I think, personally. Um, but two, just from a development standpoint, it, it's tough, man. Like your body needs to rest. Some of these kids are, you know, they're throwing, they're pitching like year round. And it's like, that's not, that's not really that good for you. And then also if you're playing for, you know, a, a high school coach and then, you know, your club coach, and then like, you have to make sure everybody's on the same page because whatever you're throwing in spring whatever the goals are there, your throwing program, like the club coach has to know that too, because if they're not on the same page then you're just kind of just throwing to throw and um, you might get hurt or you might, it might hurt your development. So I think just putting time in the weight room, taking time off a little bit too is, is, is a good thing. You're not going to fall behind. Like there's not, I've never recruited a kid and was like, Hey, did you play year round? Like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't care. You know, it's like, can you play baseball well? And, you know, sometimes taking some time off and, and, and really developing in the weight room. I think parents should be spending more money in the weight room personally instead of, you know, um, playing year round. So I think that's where it starts is just taking some time off, you know, enjoying being a kid at that point in your life and, and, and make sure that what you're doing off the field will help you on the field. Man, that's some big time advice right there from a big time coach, uh, actually a big time person. And I got to tell you, man, again, thank you so much, Coach, for coming on and being a part of our platform. Absolutely appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Alan. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to say goodnight. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dominate at the plate this season? Blast Baseball is the number one hitting improvement solution, trusted by more major league, college, and travel ball teams than any other. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Metrics are automatically sent to a smartphone app, generating insights that allow you to analyze and improve your hitting like never before. 
Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 and you will save $25 at checkout. Unlock your potential with Blast. Blast. 